You're listening to Everything Horses and More podcast with me, your host, Caroline Best. I'm the founder of my Dow Horsemanship Method, a pioneer in horse training and development, and a true advocate of the horse. I bring an intuitive and educated eye, along with an experienced and intelligent perspective to understanding both horse and human nature and behavior. My experience and skill sets are the cornerstone to my worldwide success in training methodology. My experience with horses as intelligent, sentient beings is what inspired me to create my highly acclaimed and proven training method, Consensual Partnership Training for Horses and Humans, a model I pioneered in 2008. Consensual Partnership Training provides a comprehensive and impressive curriculum, teaching horse owners how to fully develop their horses using a holistic, empathetic, and natural process. My training system teaches you how to achieve true partnership with horses and without the use of pain, excessive pressure, dominance, force, or coercion. In addition to being a world-class trainer for both horses and people, I'm an artist, author, entrepreneur, speaker, radio show host, licensed working equitation trainer, and riding foundation specialist. I offer one of the largest and most comprehensive online educational platforms, the Dow of Horsemanship, where I host a variety of courses produced and personally taught by me and my amazing schoolmasters. In addition to sharing what I know in my in-person training and online courses, I invite special guests and students each month to my radio show, Everything Horses and More podcast. This platform allows us to engage with all of you and share our very personal and transformational journey with horses. I invite you to listen in and hope you find something that helps inspire you to reach your personal goals and aspirations with your horse. Thank you. And may you always be one with horses. back to Everything Horses and More. You know who I am, your host, Caroline Best of the Dow Horsemanship. You know who my lovely co-host is, Lydia Primavera. And we have another Lydia. And Lydia, how do you pronounce your last name? Kaleshnik. So it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Kaleshnik. Kaleshnik. Okay. Well, welcome, Lydia Kaleshnik. Welcome, welcome. And for all of you that are not familiar with our guest speaker today, She is also called Lady Epona. And where did you get that name? Why don't you give us a nice introduction? Sure, absolutely. So um, I was guided uh, uh, to have a name through my horses. And Lady Epona is the, I think the Celtic horse goddess. Are you guys familiar with the lineage of Lady Epona? I think she's the Celtic horse goddess. Um, but then I was guided to have an A instead of an E. So opponent healing arts was my original name 25 years ago for my holistic health business. And then as I did more and more healing work with horses, I had messages to use lady opponent with an A. Um, so it's all good. E or A is, is, is all related to, um, the spiritual essence of horses. Beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that. So that brings me back to today's topic. We're going to be talking about co-creating with the divine 
in the divinity of horses. And this is also a chapter that you've recently written in a, is it a book series that you're a part of or just a collaboration? Well, both. Um, The second book, Evolving on Purpose, Co-Creating with the Divine, arose out of the first book, Evolving on Purpose, Mindful Ancestors, Paving the Way for Future Generations, with the amazing Katie Carey of Soulful Valley Publishing. So I was very honored to be a co-author in both books. And my chapter in this book is discussing the divinity of horses and how as we evolve on purpose, and, and we co-create with the divine, we have this beautiful um, opportunity to do so with horses who I consider to be very highly evolved spiritual beings. Yes, absolutely. Could not agree more. Um, it's just wonderful to have you as a guest speaker to speak about so many of the things that we believe, um, Lydia, Primavera and I especially, and, and a lot of my audience and my students are are obviously totally into this. And you know a little bit about me too, Lydia. So you know what I do is is more than just horsemanship um, by far. So this is beautiful. And um, your book is coming out. Where can people find you? Like I know they can go to your Apona with an A, aponahealingranch.com. The book's coming out August 30th on Amazon, and people can find me on my my personal Facebook page, Lady Epona or Lydia Kaleshnik, and also EponaHealing.com, again, with an A, EponaHealing.com, where I share all of my pathways for personal development, and Healing with Horses is one of those pathways. Yes. And it's also a, a sanctuary, isn't it? So you, you rescue horses to help heal the world. Um, I yes. think that's your tagline. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And um, so it's a horse sanctuary and healing center. And where, where are you located? In beautiful Rideau Lakes, Ontario, Canada. And it's a very mm-hmm. special area. There are vortices of energy in the area with crystals growing out of the Canadian shield. So when people come to visit, the first thing that they feel is a sense of peace and connection. And oftentimes when I brought horses here who may have had ailments, um, who, you know, weren't at their best, people would say, oh, you'll never, you'll never get that horse, you know, to your farm, Uh, but they make it here. And then something about the land, immediately they start to heal. Uh, So I was guided here in dreams and my relationship with horses began in the spirit world with dreams. So I wasn't a person who yearned to be with horses. I loved all animals and horses. Um, But horses started coming to me in dreams when I was healing uh, from my chronic illnesses. And I was told I was a sister of horses long before I actually started having relationship with horses in the material world. And it was about 10 years after those dreams that my first rescue horse trigger Uh, came to me in dreams and started my whole journey, uh, helping horses in need, rescuing horses from slaughter, helping horses heal, and then cultivating that relationship of unconditional love uh, with humans and horses. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, Yeah, horses are amazing. So share with us on so many levels, on such a holistic level, you know, spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical. Um, so go ahead and, and share with all of us your 
exactly what, so people can come to you and, and experience your healing center and what are the different ways that they, what do you offer? Like the different. Well, we offer healing retreats um, with and without horses. And so Mm -hmm. people can come here and just enjoy the beauty of the horses grazing in the pastures um, and have their own private retreat. They can have their own, uh, just a vacation rental. The area has lots of tourist attractions and, and natural heritage sites. We're close to Ottawa, the capital of Ontario and Kingston with a lot of um, Canadian heritage uh, features. And uh, we have lakes and everything around us. So some people come just for uh, a vacation getaway. It's a destination. And other people people come for um, uh, a private healing retreat. We offer group and corporate healing retreats as well. And then other people come to have... um, a direct relationship healing with horses at our equine healing retreats. And our equine healing retreats focus on basically meditating with the horses, standing in stillness, silence, and cultivating presence so that our our experience with the horses helps us connect to our own essence and activates what needs to be activated for our own healing. That's yeah, that's pretty profound. Um, so how did your own healing talk to us? I mean, talk to me, you know, tell us all anything you want. This is this is open. I don't necessarily have to lead the conversation, anything that comes up, but your personal journey, like you said, you weren't exactly, you know, starstruck with horses. You loved all animals, but they came to you in dreams because you were going through a healing process yourself. Um, so how have horses helped you personally? Well, it all began when I was around 10 years old and I was chronically ill from birth. I was, I was born with very, uh, difficult to diagnose chronic health conditions. And at the age of 10, I read the power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And I found it in our little country school house where, where I was going to school. And I studied that like a Bible. And I decided, at the age of 10? yeah, at the age of 10, I decided, <laughs> wow. I didn't come, yeah, I didn't come to the earth to be uh, half alive. I wanted to be fully healthy, whole, free. And, um, and I didn't want to be struggling with chronic pain, chronic illness. And I always looked out the window um, into nature, wanting to be in nature. And, and I did get out of nature. When you have a chronic health condition, you're not always bedridden. Uh, but, um, but it was a struggle, you know, it was a struggle to participate, to be consistently showing up, you know, for things. And so that was when nature, animals, um, horses started coming to me in dreams. And we did have, um, a couple of horses when I was very young. Um, and, uh, so I was connected with, them to some degree at that time, and so it wasn't my first, um, my first time with horses wasn't when I was an adult, uh, but, but horses started coming to me as pillars of white light and, um, and other spirit guides as well, um, from the age of 10 onward. So I started cultivating that relationship with horses at that age. And then they actually guided me to the modalities that would heal me because my condition was so difficult to treat and diagnose medically 
and doctors just didn't really know what to do. Um, I was guided in. Yeah. Can we, can I ask what your symptoms were? Oh, sure. I was born with deformed, I was born with deformed organs that led to quite, um, quite severe and chronic digestive and endocrine disorders. So it always affected me physically, um, uh, but not so much mentally or emotionally. I just always knew that I would heal. And it took me till about the age of 30, uh, from, from the time I was born to the age of 30, to um, completely heal more than my condition, but we call it in holistic healing our constitution. So mm-hmm. I actually was able to change what I was born with um, and be able to function at a very high level. And it was the greatest gift ever in my life because now I know what I need to support myself. And as long as I uh, utilize those tools, then I really have a limitless life, you know. And this is powerful. You, the word constitution is really powerful. Can you can you talk a little bit more about that to our audience? Um, I'm very aware of what that means and the power of it, but I don't know how many other people realize how how empowered they can become when they understand how they can change the constitution of their their genetic makeup. You know, of of things can just totally the whole evolution. So, can you talk to us a little bit more about what you mean by that and how how it happened for you? Well, yeah, I just wanted to be a basic functional person. So that, <laughs> that was my that was my goal. And um and in the journey to just be able to eat and not feel sick after I ate and to have energy and to not have chronic pain, I came across and I was guided by horses and spirit guides to Reiki, energy healing, and macrobiotic healing foods. And then, of course, the third pillar is self-reflection, or we might call it coaching, self-coaching or holistic counseling and coaching. And um, so with those three modalities, and then later when I was an adult, I got introduced to Bikram Yoga. And so those four modalities are now my foundational pillars. But in that journey, I had to go so deep in order to, to achieve what I wanted to achieve. So for me to be a basic functional person, I, I had to heal at a very deep level. And as you said, change the DNA, change the constitution. Um, like the, cellular. Mm-hmm. the cellular level, exactly. And and I, I had so many dreams guiding me about that. And the interesting thing about mm-hmm. dreams is they don't give you 100% of the answer. I mean, sometimes they're very direct. Like I was told to go see Michio Kushi, the macrobiotic forefather in, in Boston. And I, and I was told to do Reiki, but all the details you still have to figure out because they're spirit guides. They're not spirit doers. You have to, you're here for your own journey. It's your own um, journey. That's your personal journey. It's like they, they, they can, it's like, it's, it's like with my work, it's like, I can give you the answers. I can give you the steps, but you have to experience it and make it your own for it to really work. Well, absolutely. And that's, that's our self-empowerment. So now Mm -hmm. when I work with clients Mm -hmm. with chronic health conditions, and for the last 25 years, I've, I've been guided to do that. I say your chronic health condition um, is your gateway to your lasting empowerment, because the more challenging it is, the deeper into your constitution, you might say, or your relationship with yourself, you will go 
And so it's the greatest gift to have the greatest challenge if you want that journey, because you will know yourself and greater than any other opportunity that could come your way. And then you will find the inner ease beyond confidence of being yes. and you won't live in fear you won't you won't yes. doubt yourself mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you'll have cultivated such a strong relationship with yourself that you don't question you know and you're not you're not um uh easily influenced by others it's what i call you discern and deflect the external mm -hmm. stressors and again horses are masters of holding that presence, of creating that sacred space and teaching you how to discern and deflect those external influences or stressors that you don't want. Um, but getting back to your original question about the constitution, these modalities that I was guided to when done in a comprehensive way um, with great mm -hmm. consistency and commitment will go very deep and affect you at the very cellular level. So you will transform into a, a higher state of being. Yes, it's that's that whole holistic process, holistic journey and holistic process. Yeah, it's amazing. That is powerful. Um, you know, so many things are coming to mind listening to you. You know, it's that's it from most people. I, I can't speak for myself because I'm a, I'm a definite risk taker. Um, my problem is, is I have to think before I'm ready to do sometimes. And, and in my wisdom, I've gotten better at discerning time. There is another time that I might be able to do it, but I don't have to just jump after it and go for it all the time. But a lot of people are really held back as I'm sure, you know, it's scary, you know, trusting the process, trusting you, trusting the process, you know, what am I going to find out? What am I, you know, we, we all, I'm going to speak for everyone. We all have some layer or layers of damage or trauma and trauma. You know, when I used to talk about this in the very beginning of my work, I, I would shock my, my clients, my students, because they're like, I don't have any trauma. I wasn't abused. And I'm like, trauma doesn't have to be that big. It doesn't have to be abuse. Trauma can be, can show up in so many forms. And, and when it's consistent trauma, that's when it starts to shape our behaviors, our coping mechanisms. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and why am I with this person? Or why am I in this situation? Or why does this keep happening to me? And then you start, start asking those questions and it's like, well, what happened to you? You know, I think we can all trace so much of this back to early childhood and our formative years, if not going back, if you believe, and, and we do, I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming you do too, Lydia, but we, I know Lydia Primavera and I believe in past lives. And I've talked a lot about that in my other podcasts about, you know, not just reincarnation, but what do you bring, you know, from your ancestors just in your DNA, which is evidence you know, that's the science, but, but, you know, and not just in your personality and your temperament, but sometimes the things that we go through in life, you know, that, that, you know, how, why does this keep happening or, you know, it gets, it's very deep, you know, it's very deep. So in your experience, helping people on such, like you said, comprehensive and deep level, it's such a holistic level of, of helping people. How, 
let like how easy or challenging has it been for you to get them to trust the process to to make that commitment because it is such a commitment to change to evolve well each person has to be ready and each person is where they're at and so again to bring the horses into the equation horses are masters of meeting you where you're at and as a holistic coach and uh, counselor I also meet people where they're at. So if somebody's ready uh, to go very deep, then my Epona healing method, where we utilize Reiki, macrobiotic healing foods and holistic coaching has created phenomenal results for clients, including helping them fully resolve serious chronic health conditions like cancer, like advanced cancer. Um, And Mm. I support any modality that somebody wants to uh, engage in and bring in. So I'm usually part of somebody's uh, team for for their healing. And so many people will incorporate conventional medicine and and other practices. Um, And then my opponent healing method of the Reiki macrobiotic healing foods and the holistic coaching um, are, are, are part of that integrated into it. But for somebody who's really uh, ready uh, to do deep transformative healing, um, that's my one of my greatest passions. And then I'll work with them five, six days a week, sometimes twice a day um, to help them get to that next level. So whether it's, um, you know, uh, recovering to the point where they're able to eat and walk again and move. Wow. I've worked with clients with a month to live, uh, three months to live, a year to live, and they fully recovered, or whether they're still having, um, you know, enjoyment in life and and quality of life, but they want to get to the next level, then doing deep healing is is a phenomenal fast track um, to get to where you want to go. And I have, again, as I was saying my own journey, I have absolutely no doubt about what I happen to offer because I lived it, you know, I lived those modalities and, um, yeah. and know a hundred percent that the, the potential is there um, for anybody who wants to do deep transformative healing. That's exciting. I, that's a, such a turn on for me um, because there's so many practitioners out there, which is great, you know, practicing others methods you know, getting certified, we all need that. That's beautiful. But you've, you know, you you walk the walk, you know, you've actually been there and, and you've and you found what works, you know, combining these modalities works phenomenal. Uh, that's just, it. that's beautiful. Um, and I know Lydia, I'm kind of checking too, Lydia Primavera to see if there's any questions anybody has. Um, and uh, right now we don't that's have so any hard. questions, but what, hun? I said not so far. Yeah, not so far. So for our audience, Lydia, what would, could you give us some case studies? Um, I mean, we love stories and we love good stories, you know, positive endings. With horses or humans or well, I have 25 Whatever. years. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, share share some things that just pop into your head you know, right now that just share some stories with us. 
Sure. Well, one of I've always been guided, and I was um, I had a previous career actually, which I really loved as an international environmental policy analyst and uh, writing climate change policy. And um, and I was also a trained therapist. So when I was uh, when I was healing and I was guided to do this work, I continued to meet people. Uh, in this case, clients um, that I was meant to help and who were meant to be my teacher. Because every person we meet is our teacher, and we expand who we are and our knowledge and our wisdom through every person. And so the very one of my very first clients, um, when I was transitioning careers, you might say, and coming out of my deep cocoon of healing, he had been given, I think it was two months to live. And he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I met him in the hospital, he had been referred to me, and I didn't have a website, I didn't have a business card. And I wasn't even sure if I was going to keep doing healing work. So I kept thinking, I'll just get back to to my other <laughs> career that I loved as well, right? And that's the beautiful thing. If, if you know, if we're talking about co-creating with the divine, is that you end up having more. You have more choices of what you love, um, rather than when I was a kid being, you know, the expression "the lesser of two evils" to choose from, right? Now we have the better <laughs> of all the all the goods to choose from. Um, so yeah. I was still, I was in transition, not sure if I was going to stay in the healing arts or go back. And I was referred to this wonderful gentleman and I met him in the hospital and, and he interviewed me and he was so ill that when he spoke, he would have blood coming out of his mouth. And so I went to his house and they set up a bed mm -hmm. for him basically, uh, to pass away in. And we started doing Reiki every single day. Um, and went up to two hour sessions a day. And then when he was able to eat, I introduced um, very gentle, but very effective uh, macrobiotic medicinal drinks, so that he could swallow and start to get nutrition in. And within I think it was four, four months, I have to think back at my notes, but he was tumor free and cancer free. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, this is what angers me about oh, some of our science and our, our healthcare systems. You know, there's so much alternative medicine that can heal and it's become such a, a big money pit, you know, a money uh, people are just, they just want to sell you something and, you know, a prescription, a Band-Aid. Um, of course, when you got to heal from the inside out, really heal from the inside out on all these levels. Wow, that is profound. Well, this is this is what deep healing is. So when you're when you're doing Reiki, you're adding energy directly into the cells in the body. It's an infusion of universal energy. And many years ago, scientists determined. I think it's four times the amount now that there were 100 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy. So planets like our sun, and then 100 billion galaxies in our universe. And our Milky Way galaxy is one of the smaller ones. So we have access yes. to minimal 100 billion times 100 billion sources of energy for us to transform ourselves, for us to heal. And it's just a matter of shifting that mindset and then bringing ourselves into alignment, and then we'll be able to yes. channel that energy. So when I channel energy, that's the energy that I channel. 
And I have what we call Taoist non-attachment. I'm not attached to it. I'm just an empty vessel and allow that energy to flow through me. And I don't try to heal anybody. Each person is an energetic being who is going to absorb the energy that they need because I'm not forcing it on them. Their body decides where the energy goes to some degree. Like we'll place our hands over a tumor or somewhere. Uh, But, um, and then, and then they have the complete experience of being empowered of healing themselves with Reiki. We're just adding energy to enhance and facilitate the natural functions of the body and the connection of mind, body, spirit. And we don't always have to, because this is based on universal principles, like everything is energy and yin and yang principles. You don't have to believe in it and you don't have to be interested in personal development. So this gentleman that I'm um, discussing as a case study, he, he, he didn't really have any interest in personal development and, and he still healed, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't... It's- it's, it's it's the laws of physics. It's the laws of the universe. Our mind, we're evolving on the planet from an intellectually based, intellectually based paradigm to a holistic, integrated mind, body, spirit paradigm. And as much as mindset is great, and I've worked with mindset, as I mentioned, since the age of 10, we are greater than our intellect. So when we can access and be in alignment with ancient universal principles, and in this case, the Reiki flowing through will be absorbed, whether you believe it or not, then the potential for transformation, healing, and and, and, and achieving your highest state of being um, is limitless, really. And it's easy. Like it's our, we have an inner ease in the transformation, even though the broader experience may be challenging. Yes, I think that's where the horse for me, and I'm sure you'd you'd say yes too, but I'm not going to speak for you. That's where the horse comes in as such an amazing healer, you know, in an energetic form. It's um, and I know that you know, for me personally, working with so many damaged horses in my career, they, you know, they're. And I find this similar to to student experiences, but I don't get into anything, obviously, like you do with my students. It's more about the horsemanship, but helping them access this alignment is is very similar to you. But they have to be, like you said, they have to be open. They have to, they do, they have to have the right mindset. They've got to believe in it, um, believe in it a little bit. And at least the horse has been such a wonderful conduit um, for them to, to believe at least, well, I want it, I want it so bad with my horse, you know, sharing that, that, that energy and that, um, allowing the horse to guide me, or at least create, you know, if the horse is in a healthy space, the horse itself will create the space. Um, like when students come to study here with me, my herd is, is healthy and they're out with my whole herd. Um, which is now half of what it used to be, but it's still five or six horses and have that energetic feeling. And Lydia, you and your husband experienced that where, you know, the horse is, is free to choose to choose whoever they want and to do whatever type of, of meditation or healing or whatever work. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's always very, 
it's amazing when I'm working in a group because of how the horses will shift, you know, one horse will go to one person, it will leave and it'll go to the another person and everybody is feeling it's like a shape shifter. Um, but you've got to be healthy to be able to either be a conduit or a medium or channel that energy, or even be able to, I have found in my experience and it may be right or wrong, or, or even to be able to purposefully, you know, guide that energy. You've got to come from a place of well-being and abundance. And it just seems like so many horses are so depleted, like people, you know, they're so depleted and wounded and damaged and suffer until, you know, they're heard or given a, given a voice, a chance. Cause I don't know if that yeah. sounds familiar to you. Yeah, especially um, with your Lydia, would, you like to, Lydia, would you like to comment on that? I was just going to say that they do a hell of a balancing act. Without <laughs> yeah. us, you know, like we don't even have to know the horse. We might just the horse to say hi, and all of a sudden they are balancing us in one way or another through their yeah. energy, their yeah. heart. Because we know Zor backed up to my right hip my sciatica leg right and stayed there yeah. and just kind of moved in a nice rocking motion yeah, yeah. his ass is the size of a volkswagen folks so he's massive he massive draft because yeah. i was standing i was standing on the picnic table and i thought he's gonna push me off the picnic table but he very gently backed up to my hip his hip to my hip and balanced it. And then I had no sciatic pain for about two weeks. I could feel my foot again, the bottom of my foot, because it goes numb anyway. So I feel like they do know it or like it, or, you know, like they offer a gift. And if your body's ready for it, it'll just take it. Yeah. And we also can do that as well. We are just taught from the day we go to school how not to do those things. Well, we're up here. We're so up here. I yeah. tell outside of a greenhouse, right? Mama was in the house, in the greenhouse watering, and I'm sitting on a sack of soil looking at the baby for the first time. And she can recognize my voice, but she's never seen me before. I can tell she's looking at me like, I know you. That's what you look like, right? Because I have stood next <laughs> to her mother and talked to her mother about happy plants and things like that. So she recognized me. As soon as her mom started moving back toward her before she even came out of the greenhouse, she started to look that way and know her mom was coming. And we take that away from them. Mm. As Yeah, we take that away from them in education-wise, right? That that baby knew her mama was coming. Mm. I didn't tell her, your mama's coming. I didn't know. <laughs> she knew she could feel her mama energy right and so she started looking and then pretty soon mama's right there going hi yeah it's just yeah beautiful what you do thank you well it's a time of expanding <laughs> awareness and uh, you know as long as as long as we can breathe <laughs> then when we're with the horses um there's an opportunity to shift and as mm -hmm. you say, so many horses are depleted and um, and in need of their own healing because they come here as angelic beings to share their light, sometimes in the darkest of places, sometimes with the most difficult people. 
and mm-hmm. and they too can become depleted but it's never for naught because it's the strongest of souls that will go into the darkest of places to shine the light and there is always transformation that's happening even if the channeler whether it's humans or horses uh then becomes depleted and that's why it's so important at this time in our evolution to create uh more sanctuaries for horses to remember mm. that we are in the presence of divine spiritual beings who have come to this planet to be pillars of light for those around them and for the planet to create a template of high vibration frequency to help everything shift. Yes, absolutely. God, that's perfect. Yep. And, and so, and, and so how do we do that? Well, we first, as I was saying, shift our awareness and begin to view horses, not as as slaves, you know, not as toys and not as food, but as Mm. high spiritual beings who have always helped humanity. Humans could not have evolved to where we are today without the really engaged support of horses. I mean, look what they have done for us, fighting through wars, through transport, you know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the uh, transportation and agriculture industries. We still measure things in horsepower. And the least we can do now is to honor them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Beautifully put. In honoring them, we start to honor ourselves. So yeah, sometimes it's it's important to to bring self-respect, self-awareness, self-worth to the horses because we're more engaged with them, right? In a in a more expansive, integrated, spiritual way. But it can work in the other way too, right? That when we start to see the horses. As our divine angels who are here to help us and support us in every way, then we value ourselves more. When we honor the divinity in others, we begin to honor the divinity within ourselves. And each person has a unique uh, experience of what that means to them. Um, And that's how it's meant to be. Um, So so when we're co-creating with the divine, um literally humans and horses have been doing this for centuries now we're just becoming conscious of what mm-hmm. we're doing and shifting as i was saying that awareness to value and honor horses uh for just who they are and i am so supportive of creating sanctuaries uh for horses where they can shine their where they can heal and they can shine their light, and people can come and heal with them. Yes, and that brings me to, um, that's beautiful. We can all create a sanctuary just in 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 our way of being with our horse in our daily interactions. I mean, for those of us that can't afford to travel or can't afford to have a horse sanctuary because it's expensive, you need funding too to help all these these horses that you're saving. Um, I used to have a rescue. I used to, all, most of all my horses are rescue horses that I've rehabilitated. But the point is, is we all can create that, we can create that space 
for ourselves to heal and we can create it to heal with our horses and our horses naturally. So do we, but we're so, as Lydia was saying, we're so tuned, turned off from that from as children, you know, we have innocence, you know, we are, we are untapped um, reservoir of intuition until we make that nasty pilgrimage into um, I call it nasty because it changes everything pilgrimage into uh, puberty. And then all of a sudden we're aware of everything and we worry about everything and we're self-conscious. And so we leave that innocence and we leave that, God, that innocence. I know that a lot of children are messed up and, 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 and damaged too, but, it, but we still have an innocence about us and a, and a capability to, to, to listen to our intuition. And that is our voice until it, it gets up here in our head you know, through puberty. And, you know, for any of us, for anybody that is yearning to heal, it can can begin like where if they can't come to you, they can't come to me. What can we give them in, in, you know, the rest of this podcast that can help them, you know, heal at home with nature, with their animals, with their horses and the horse is an amazing amazing vehicle for healing, even if they need to be healed themselves. If we, that's part of the work that I teach is creating that sacred space for these abused horses so that when they're ready, they will, they will be able to open up and gravitate towards that energetic field that I teach as well, that energetic field through the chakra system, especially the heart chakra, the heart map, you know, for them to to align with our frequency, even though their frequency is so much bigger, but when they're scared and depleted and not trusting, we've got to create that energetic space for them to, to connect to. Um, and so what would you, what would your advice be for, for those of us that, you know, don't have the money to travel, to come see you, come see me, you know, what, what would you say to them? Well, there's a few things. Um, first of all, uh, we're all telepathic and horses yes. are telepathic. So horses first came to yes. me in dreams. I didn't I didn't have horses in my life. And I certainly wasn't in a financial position to have horses back then. And yet horses were healing me in, in my dreams. And I was developing a beautiful, lasting relationship with the divinity of horses just by being sick in my bed. Um, So there are multiple ways that we can connect with um, intuition. You were manifesting, you were were thinking the power of intention about horses, even though you didn't have one and you were sick. Is that what you're saying? That you would just open yourself up to dream about them, to open up that pathway, that portal to think and feel of horses? Well, you could do that. I didn't even think of horses. I just fall asleep. And then they came okay. came to me. I had no, okay. no even intention. I, I was just an okay. empty vessel that but that's a beautiful exercise that people can connect with. Um, I mean, there's art, you can connect with horses through art therapy as well. Yes, um, but yes. in my but in my chapter, uh, the divinity of horses in the book that we were talking about evolving on purpose, yes. so creating with the divine, I outlined seven steps um, oh, to great. help you find yeah, purpose and fulfillment through co creating with the divine. So would you like me to share those? 
Well, I don't know if you want, I don't want you to share all of them. We need to buy your book. Oh, no, that's okay. There's lots of other things in the book. There's lots of other things in the book. So I'll read the chapter. I'll I'll read the paragraph. Sorry? Yes, excellent. I'll read the paragraph, and then I'll just walk through seven simple steps where anybody, anywhere, whatever condition they're in, um, can start to connect with their intuition, uh, their own divinity, and co-create with the divine. And we can bring in the energy and spirit of horses if we want to do that. So in the in my chapter, I talk about how a special horse trigger um, came to me in dreams to rescue him from slaughter. And my journey of my own personal growth and healing in, in being able to do so, because I really didn't understand what was going on <laughs> and the seriousness. Uh, a life and death situation for him. So I wrote, I had listened to the messages. I honored the urgency of my spirit and took aligned actions. I felt the fullness of my emotions. I centered in my power. I embraced faith and inner knowing. And in so doing, I was guided to the high spiritual being who would heal me as much as I would heal him. Mm-hmm. And so the seven steps out of that are, as we've been, we've, I think we've covered most of them, but we'll bring it together, um, is first to be open and listen. Listen to the messages from the divine world. They're all around us. Um, you know, whether you keep seeing, let's say, an animal on the TV screen or um, you keep hearing a thought repeated over and over, we have messages around us um, mm-hmm. that are speaking to us. So we want to listen. The second step. So this is great. Yeah. Hold on. For, I'm going to give an example. Lydia of Primavera, you and I talked about this in one of our podcasts, I think, earlier this year or maybe last so snails snails one of my totem animals right now it's been for a while and we've never had an explosion of snails here ever until this past year and now now more than ever I see snails everywhere they're on the screen of my lanai to my pool screen what are you doing in the heat you see them slithering and leaving their mucus all over my back porch they're everywhere but they're only at my house they're not in my guest house and I don't see them in my barns. I only see them in my house. And every time I go out, which is every day throughout, I'm always outside, right? I'm watering plants. I'm doing this, the cats, the horses, I see them. And every time I see them, I literally pause for a second or a few because it just, it's so striking to me. It resonates. And I remember the message of that specific totem animal. So that. I think is a great example for people because we've had our audience before go, well, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to be open for, to receive those messages. And you're saying, you know, look for the, like I say, look for the patterns when you see the same animal or the same color or the same flower, it's a message that's, that's coming. Um, It, it may not always be the same. I, for me, it has, sometimes it's got to hit me over the head. Right. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the ways to help us shift our mindset around listening is the second step, 
um, is to honor and value the messages. So they are as important as what you place importance to other things. So when we shift our relationship with the spirit world, then we start to value and honor the messages. So now you you value and honor seeing the snail because you've had experiences with seeing the patterns that are messages, right? It makes sense. It makes total sense. And the more I see them, the more I'm reminded even more now to, to be patient, to wait, to persevere. And it is powerful. It's in perfect alignment with where I am in so many places in my life work, personal, everything. Yeah, it's really powerful. It does give you a sense of ease and peace for because I don't question it. And, and you know, you could argue with people that don't believe in this, but it feels right. And I don't question it. And the more I listen to it, the more aligned I feel and I become with with my path where my path is right now, or what I'm supposed to be listening to, and being guided by. This is magnificent alignment. I mean, is 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 the greatest gift we can give ourselves. Alignment yes. of body, mind, spirit. You know, alignment of our energy, um, alignment of, of our vision, of you know, our, our our passion and purpose and mission aligned with our essence. Alignment is a is a magnificent um, illustration of co-creating with the divine. So, thank you for sharing that. And then the third step in co-creating with the divine is to feel the fullness of your emotions when you see, uh, when you hear the messages and and as you value them, you'll feel it. What emotion is is being brought up? Sometimes it's so powerful, people want to deny it or they want to repress it or they want to, oh, that's just silly. You know, that's just something. Allow yourself, as you were saying, that sacred space within yourself. Nobody is going to watch. Nobody is knowing what's going on in your head. To feel the emotion of listening to the messages and honoring and valuing uh, the uh, the messages and the connection to your spirit. So these seven steps are helping us cultivate relationship with our deeper self. Which is our ultimate empowerment. It's our ultimate. Yes, our higher self. Yeah, higher self. Absolutely. So that so that we alignment is the key word here. And so I'm I'm just going to dive in a little bit more to help anybody out there. What do you mean? Listen, I can hear the audience because we've had these questions before. Because I've I've talked about this myself in my own personal experiences in a different way, of course. But it's like you, if you don't know how to listen to the message you need to create the space, you need to give yourself the time. So when you start to recognize that, well, I keep seeing the same thing, or why does this keep happening? The next step for me would be to to start not just paying attention to it, but giving yourself time to sit with it. And, and, and allow yourself to just have like, it's kind of like, brainstorming when you write, just allow those free thoughts to come in. You may not understand them. You may not understand the words, but, but the, but you're also looking for patterns. So if the same words come in, the same feelings come in, the same thoughts come in, the same emotions come in, then that's the message. So it's, I hope I'm helping with a little bit of a roadmap. How do you, how do you 
you know, find out what the message is, you've got to open yourself up to just hearing whatever comes and then start looking at the patterns of, you know, what I just said. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's magnificent. And there's no, and the the key when you're first getting um, connected with all of this is to not judge yourself, to not, don't discount, don't discount any message because nobody else hears the message or feels the emotion. You know, it's, it's all about you. It's all about um, uncovering and discovering who you really are. And in that sacred space of self-reflection, it doesn't have to be a big meditation session. It could be when you're driving to the grocery store, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're just processing out, Oh, I, I saw that snail again. Or when one of my soulmate horses ascended, um, there was a praying, a white praying mantis um, uh, on her grave. And then occasionally I see a white praying mantis on the farm. And oh, I've chilled. Yeah. And that's, that's like, like the guys couldn't believe it. They said, we never see a, a white praying mantis. Or I went for a walk. And um, we have a little area called the Buddha Grove on the property that has a beautiful vortex of energy and the rocks of the Canadian shield and trees. And there was a white praying mantis. And so 30 years ago, I would be like, oh, there's that praying mantis again. I wonder if that's related. And now I feel the fullness of the emotion. It's like, oh, that's her. Like this is, and and you, you never feel alone again. That's God. I hear you. I I completely, I get it. It is amazing. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, So that's, so all of that. So, so we don't want to judge when it starts coming through, you know, we have our training wheels, you know, in the beginning and, and we just play with it. You just play with it and you don't have to share it. You can just journal, you know, you can just make notes. You can just, you know, make those connections in your head when when you're doing something else of course we all know when you're cleaning the stables is the best time to meditate um yeah and if you're not around horses then whatever it is that you do right to um to walking could be a walk yeah i mean you're it it's just being in that that zone you know if you just you can be in that zone just for a few seconds and and you're open you totally open yourself up to this you guys so yeah, yeah, like you said, it doesn't have to be in a deep, yeah. No, it can, it, it can be in the flow of your day that you start to connect with the messages, with your energy, with how you're yes. feeling, with your emotions. And then, and then, so those are the first three steps to, to get introduced to co-creating with the divine. And then when you feel comfortable with that, the fourth step is to center in, in that power that you're creating for yourself, in that essence that you're feeling, and connect with the clarity. So the example that I just gave the praying mantis is I'm very clear now that when I see a white praying mantis, which is pretty rare on, on the property, I know it's my beloved horse who's with me. So I'm very clear about that. But whatever clarity, whatever Whatever um, message, whatever emotion is coming up, just remember it, right? That's sometimes just enough to remember to remember that. And then the yeah. sixth, the fifth, the fifth step is embrace 
embrace the faith in that embrace the faith in your inner knowing that that you are every human being on the planet is like a horse they're a high highly evolved spiritual being right here we are each person you are a highly evolved spiritual being and we live beyond this physical form in our, in our energy or frequency and our consciousness. So it's okay to embrace that in the material form and have faith and inner knowing in, in your inner knowing, which is the cultivation of your intuition, right? And then as you get more comfortable, then the sixth step is to actually take aligned actions. So whatever it is, the message that you're taking um, in the um, the emotion that you're feeling, um, the clarity around what it is that you're being guided about or to or whatever, um, then act, take some sort of action. I mean, it can it can just be an acknowledgement. It could be a prayer. Um, in my case with trigger, I. I had to get myself together to rescue this horse from the slaughter. Like I had to, like I had to, you know, we had our, our farm. Yeah. Yeah. Our farm wasn't set up. We had to run, I had to do some reno in the barn. I had to get, and, and I had no money and, and, and I, and I had just got a, um, a line of credit, like my first line of credit. So I used, all of I used my line of credit. I'm not suggesting people go into debt, <laughs> but it was the tool that was given to me to save yes. children. You know, so wow. I took mind actions. You know, and then yes. after that, then trust. So the seventh step is to trust in the in the journey that you're on, and become aware that you are creating miracles unbeknownst to yourself. You know, so every time we're in alignment and, and we're radiating out our our beautiful essence and aura, our our light and energy, there are miracles being created somewhere in the world that we don't even know about. And beautiful. to value and honor the fact that you are doing this, you can do this from a hospital bed, right? We can we can um, co-create with the divine in any condition, in any circumstance. And I remember reading about the book, Black Beauty, and that the author of the book, uh, she wrote it when she was dying. Is that correct? When she was very frail. You know, I don't, I don't know anything about that, but I know the book. Oh my gosh. And her mother, this is, I just remember reading this on, on the internet and her mother was a writer and I guess transcribed it. And she passed away shortly after the book was published. But but I think she saw the success of the book. And Black Beauty changed the entire awareness around carriage horses and the treatment of carriage yes. horses. Yes. She probably I used to cry. It. I could, I my parents, I could read that book. Yeah, I cried too much as a young kid. I just couldn't handle it. But yes, True. it did. It In that change. last paragraph of black beauty I'd still I will burst into tears right now you know when she says she was that when he says as he awakes from sleeping he remembers when he was under the apple tree um yes. with his friend Ugh. 
But this is it, but this is an example of co-creating with the divine. So she was sick, the author, if the story is correct, she was sick in bed and mm. she probably heard the messages from the perspective of a horse. Black Beauty is written from the horse's perspective. Yes. And then she had someone help her transcribe it and she changed the world as she was dying. Mm. Beautiful. And so this wow. is the power of co-creating with the divine that we are, you are already a divine being and the horses are divine beings as are other beings on the planet. Yes. And we're all yes. here to co-create, to create a peace and paradise on earth again. And there's, I would say there is no insignificant action. There's no insignificant action or thought, Right. We can all um, contribute in whatever way we're able and whatever way we're guided to in the moment. Yes. Wow. Wow. What a pleasure. Thank you. That was magnificent. I can't wait to buy your book. <laughs> that was beautiful. Or you, you know, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I Thank, just you. Want to Thank remind, you so much. I just want to remind everybody that Nature never lies, but people do. Nature <laughs> yes. will never tell you a dishonest thing. Well, that's, that's exactly one of my ancient universal principles I've supported clients with, with coaching over 25 years is energy never lies. You can't fool mm. mother nature. Yeah, no, Very can't. similar. Energy never lies. Yeah. You can't no. fool mother no. I have one more point Very, I want to bring yeah. up because it's the way maybe yeah. why I see the two of you came together, but you have seven principles and they align with Caroline's seven principles oh. that we just did. Remember the diagram of the horse and the human and I, the, yeah, I know, I see, I feel, I am. We are one. Yep. Yeah. All of they, they, they line you, up. They're, in yes. different or, they're in different order, but they're the same. Here yeah. We are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, I, we are. I think that the horse delivers messages to us in different ways so we can get to more people. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You I love it. You're on it. Oh, this is beautiful. Wow. Well, I'm buzzing. My seventh, eighth chakra is buzzing. So I'm on a high vibrant frequency right now i'm surprised i didn't shut my right lydia i'm surprised i didn't shut down the internet <laughs> like i can do but well thank you lydia thank you so much for being our beautiful wonderful guest oh my gosh and um is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we sign off I just want to thank both of you. Um, it's an honor and, and true pleasure to uh, to meet you all and to connect with you and to celebrate and honor um, the horses as our best friends, um, as our spirit mm -hmm. guides, to honor the divinity yes. of horses. And a couple of, of my favorite quotes that I like to share are, ask not what horses can do for you, but what you can do for horses. And also, yes. if humans loved horses the way horses love humans, we would have peace on earth. So thank you so much. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love those. That's perfect. 
Namaste and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yay. Well, that wraps up our podcast. I don't have any podcast for the future yet. <laughs> so I'm so glad you, you, um, Charlotte emailed me, Lydia, and you guys came into um, our lives. We are all so much better off for it. Thank you. What a blessing you are. Thank you. Well, and well, I hope we do you. another podcast. I'd yes. love to do more. Our yes, audience yes, loves. Yes. yes, let's do a series. <laughs> yes, would love it. So just get up with me when you have time, because this is the kind of, right, Lydia, this is the kind of conversation that our audience loves. They love these type of podcasts, all the spiritual and, and div- divinity and horses and connecting and, ah, oh, this is wonderful. Okay. All right. Mwah. Lots of love. Thank you so much. Well, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Yes, we will. Okay. Bye, everybody. Love you all. Bye. (laughs) Thank you.